0: Deus audi, clamorem cujus populi, et apem eis tesarum tuum, fontem aquae vive. O Lord God, hear the cry of this people, and open to them thy treasure, a fountain of living water. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Gospel of this Friday of the third week of Lent is one of the great Lenten Gospels. It takes its place with five, some would say, six other great gospels of Lent. The first of these is, of course, our Lord's temptation in the desert. And on the first Sunday of Lent the presence of the Father, of God the Father, is almost palpable. And in the intro of the first Sunday of Lent, we hear the voice of the Father speaking of the temptation and the bitter passion and crucifixion and burial of his Son. And the second great Lenten Gospel is the Transfiguration. And there, on the heights of Tabor, our Lord is transfigured in the presence of Peter, James, and John, and Moses and Elias appear next to him. A bright cloud covers them, and a voice comes from heaven, the voice of the Father, this is my Son, the beloved, hear ye him. third of the great Lenten Gospels is today's Gospel. The story of that mysterious encounter of our Lord with the Samaritan woman at the well. And in today's Gospel, our Lord speaks of his Father. And he speaks of his Father in words that are almost Oh, they're full of pathos. I don't know if you've ever noticed, taken to heart, what our Lord reveals in his conversation with the Samaritan woman. It's a great mystery because our Lord says, the hour cometh and now is when the true adorers shall adore the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, this word of our Lord has a particular resonance here at Silverstream Priory during these 40 days of continuous exposition and adoration of the most blessed sacrament of the altar there is uninterrupted adoration going on here and that is an extraordinary thing with consequences for all of Ireland make no mistake about that but our Lord says more He says, for the Father also seeketh such to adore him. Now I put the question to you. To seek means to look for. To seek means to need something or want something. But the Eternal Father is everywhere present, there is no place where God is not. How then can our Lord say that the Father is seeking adorers in spirit and in truth? Does the Father need adorers? Is there something lacking in the life of the most holy trinity? That the Father has to look, in some way, outside of himself to satisfy a divine desire. It's an extraordinary thing. It brings to mind that question that the Lord God put to Adam in the garden after the sin when the Lord God was walking in the garden in the cool of the evening and God who is everywhere present and sees all things and everyone and holds them in being says Adam where art thou? Adam, where art thou? Is it possible that God did not know the whereabouts of Adam? Of course not. God, in saying, Adam, where art thou, was revealing the insatiable desire of his heart. God created man, to correspond to this divine desire. God desires that his human
1: creature, made
0: in his image and likeness, should freely respond to him with faith, with hope, with love, with adoration, with the prostration of himself in the presence of God. God, the Father, will never coerce a human being to do this. On the contrary, he makes himself in some way, oh what a mystery, utterly poor and weak. He waits for, he looks for, he thirsts for the human response to his revelation of himself. And when Jesus from the cross at the sixth hour, it's almost the sixth hour, this gospel of Our Lord's encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well took place at the sixth hour. And at the sixth hour, that is noon, our Lord cried out, I thirst. And in that cry he was making known the thirst of his father, his father's insatiable desire for the free response of human creatures made in the image and likeness of God to come before him in faith, in hope, in love, in adoration. We often pray asking God to fulfill the desires of our hearts. But have you ever gone to prayer, saying to God, Father, what is the desire of thy heart? What can I give thee? Our Lord speaks on behalf of his Father, I thirst. Our Lord speaks on behalf of his Father, the Father also seeketh such to adore him. By coming to prayer with faith, with hope, with love, by falling before Jesus Christ truly present in the most holy sacrament of the altar in adoration, each one of us responds To God's cry, I thirst. This mystery of a God who makes himself so poor, so needy, who waits, who begs for us to respond to what he needs, to what he desires. An extraordinary mystery, this. And the other Lenten Gospels to which I alluded are, of course, the multiplication of the loaves. We have that Gospel this coming Sunday, Leitare Sunday, Rejoicing Sunday. It's a Eucharistic joy on Leitare Sunday. And there, too, the Father is present because before multiplying the loaves and fishes, Our Lord raises his eyes, his sacred heart, in prayer to the Father. And in some way all who partake of the multiplied bread are drawn up, out of themselves, and into the Son's prayer to the Father. This is what happens for us in every Holy Communion son unites us to himself in his prayer to the Father this is what happens when you adore the most blessed sacrament you adore our Lord Jesus Christ but he responds to your adoration by pulling you close to his sacred heart by uniting you to his heart and then to his prayer to the Father and in this way the adoration of the Blessed Sacrament becomes that adoration in spirit and in truth that the Father seeks, that he desires, for which he thirsts. And the other great Lenten Gospels, the restoration of sight to the man born blind and the resurrection of Lazarus. In all of these Gospels, the Father is present. The face of the Son, the heart of the Son, is always turned towards the Father. All of Lent is in some way a drawing near to the Father who in the Son draws near to us, who in the Son makes known to us that one thing that only we can give Him because He created us to give it to Him. God desired to desire us. Who is the mystic who says that God is the stream of living water that desires to be drunk? And this is the living water promised the Samaritan woman and Prefigured in the lesson from the book of Numbers, a stream of living water that flows from the rock of the altar in every Catholic church. Here we have a temporary altar, it's made of wood, but we still have a real altar stone. The stone is very important. The stone is important because it represents Christ, the rock. His side was pierced by the soldier's lance, and out of it there flowed blood and water. And out of the side of Jesus, out of his pierced heart, blood and water flow so often as the holy sacrifice of the Mass is offered. And the living water that flows out from the rock of the altar in every Catholic Church is the living water of which our Lord speaks in today's Gospel. It is the living water that flows out from the altar even outside of the Holy Sacrifice. Because the most holy sacrament reserved in the Tabernacle or exposed to our gaze in the monstrance is Christ the rock, and the living water never stops flowing from his open side. You who come here to adore, come also to drink, and to drink deeply of the living water. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.